My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to the 100th episode of Mickles and Dimes, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. Robert Cialdini, known as the godfather of influence, is a professor emeritus at Arizona State University. His New York Times bestselling books, Influence and Persuasion, have sold more than 7 million copies in 44 different languages. Robert is known globally as the foundational expert in the science of influence, and his principles of persuasion are used by some of the world's most notable people. For example, Robert worked for both the Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton presidential campaigns. I hope you enjoy learning from Robert Cialdini today, because I always do. Bob, it's so great to connect today. Having taught negotiation and organizational behavior for the last decade, I've been teaching students about your research on persuasion because it appears in every textbook I use. It's great research. It's simple. It's practical. Uh, It's probably underappreciated just in how powerful these tools can be. So anyway, it's great to be able to chat with you today, Bob. Oh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to, to interact. Well, as you think back on your incredible career, are there two to three simple, practical, underappreciated lessons you've learned that you would most like to pass on to other people? Sure. Let me start with the very first of the principles that I talk about in my book, Influence, and that's the principle of reciprocation, in which we are all obligated to give back to those who have provided something to us. It exists in all human cultures. Um, and uh, what's interesting is how under-recognized certain aspects of it might be. Um, In the following instance there where I can give you an example, suppose someone, you just do a big favor for somebody. You go out of your way beyond what's called for in that situation. You help that individual who says, thank you very much, Nate. I really appreciate what you've just done. That was so helpful. And what we typically hear from the recipient of that thanks is something I used to say uh, when I was uh, in that position, and that is to dismiss or minimize um, what I had just done by saying, oh, don't think anything of it. It, It's no big deal. Just, you know, it's what we do. Uh, so don't don't think another thing of it. Well, that's a mistake because you really did something. You're entitled to the benefit that comes from being a good person by having others want to do good things for you in return. If you di- if you dismiss that, you slap it out the window by the with the back of your hand by saying it was no big deal. Oh, no problem. You know. Uh, you you make a, a big mistake. So what I recommend to say instead, if this is somebody who you know or somebody inside your organization, uh, it would be to say something like, oh, of course, I was glad to do it. It's what we do for one another here. Don't forget the addendum for one another because the rule for reciprocity is about exchange. It's not about simply giving. It's about the receipt and um, of, of 
favorable outcomes after we've provided favorable outcomes. So if you say it's what we do for one another here, the next time you need a favor from somebody who you know or in your organization, uh, they have been uh, put on record that this is what we do here. This is the norm. This is the norm of reciprocity, and they should respond in kind. Now, if it's somebody who is not in your organization, uh, somebody who is uh, outside, uh, not somebody who you deal with on a regular basis, but perhaps, I mean, you, you, you're, you, you're in a business school, so perhaps some a customer, uh, uh, a vendor, or somebody like that, who thanks you uh, profusely for what you've done, um, you might say, of course, I was glad to do it. I know that if the situation were ever reversed, you'd do the same for same. me. Yeah. Hmm. Once again, you don't dismiss or diminish the act of help that you provided. You put it on the map for them to recognize that this is there and they have an expectation in your mind to do something in return that's similar. Yeah, this is fantastic. I, I think of the principle of reciprocity so much because of you, because I teach it in every class. It's so powerful. It's so easy to underappreciate. Uh, you know, we had people over for dessert last night. And what do they say as they're leaving? You know, we're, we'd love to have you over soon. But I love this extra step of not discounting it to try to wipe away the norm of reciprocity. Yeah, it's such an error to not um, benefit from the benefit that you have provided that spurs you to provide more benefit yeah. in the yeah. future. If you don't get that, you're less likely to do that in the future. And who wins under those circumstances if you're not helping as a consequence? Yeah, that's it's so interesting. We were cons I was consulting with a company um, a few months ago, and they were working on their mission statement and core values and vision. And one of the um, kind of core values they're trying to adopt, and, and this is what they said, is, is we believe in you. And our suggestion to them was, uh, how about we believe in each other? Let's create mm. this norm of reciprocity. Mm. This isn't a one-way street, but don't right. wipe away the, you know, the benefits. Like, this is what we do. We believe in you, but in turn, you know, you believe in us. Exactly. That's what reciprocity is. It isn't an altruistic act in order to get something in return. It is a recognition that we live in uh, a system of give and take, that we always do this for one another, and it enhances the outcomes of both uh, sides uh, mutually. Yeah. One of my favorite stories you told about this was when you were, I, I believe you were going on sabbatical and one of the deans of the business school just set you up with this great office, uh, great computer setup. And then what did the dean say after they got you all cozy and set yeah, up? He, he said, I've got good news for you. And he went and listed all the things about the office that I had been assigned and the the more powerful computer in there than I had asked for and the ability to use the secretarial staff and so on and library and parking privileges, all these kinds of things. And I said, well, thank you. I'm so, I, I really appreciate that. And he said something. He said, well, you know what we would appreciate, Bob? <laughs>
we have a sudden need for somebody to teach a marketing class to our first year MBAs. And we've just had somebody drop out. And so we wonder if you could do this. Well, I was there to write a book. And I was there because I wanted the time available to write that book. But he said, in that moment, after he had given me all these things, and I expressed my appreciation, well, here's what we would appreciate. <laughs> and I wound up agreeing to, to teach that class that I hadn't taught before, never taught MBAs, never taught a, 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 in a business school. And, and it took me all semester to develop the exams and the lectures and the exercises associated with a new class and the readings. And uh, at the end of my time there, I didn't have a single line written for my <laughs> new book. Uh, so it was a dramatic example for me of the power of reciprocity. I, as I say in one of my uh when I wrote about this example, I can only be glad that the associate dean didn't need a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> In that moment, I was almost helpless uh, Yeah, because of the rule. It is just amazing what we say yes to when somebody has done something nice for us. I just found myself in this boat a week ago. Uh, somebody did something nice for me. They asked me a question, a favor. I said yes. All weekend, I was thinking, why did I say yes to that? I should have said no. I should not have said yes. To, but it was because they'd just done something nice for me. So, And and here's, a, a I think, a, a worthwhile point. You are and I are both what, who we could count as knowledgeable about the social influence process. We both teach it. We're still suckers <laughs> yeah. for it because it's so fundamental inside of us. It normally steers us correctly to be sure that we give back to those who give to us. In, in any society, if we don't, we're excluded, we're pushed away, we're you know, uh, marginalized if we don't give back to those. So there's such an automatic tendency to do this, overlearned tendency, that even people who are teachers of the process are vulnerable to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so excellent lesson. Any other lessons you'd like to pass on? Um, okay, I've got one more because somebody once asked me, a colleague of mine, he has a son who is um, coming to uh, school for the first time uh, to university. And he said, I'm trying to decide what advice I could give him. And um, before I do that, maybe I'll ask some of my colleagues what they would advise. And what, so what would you, what advice would you give him? And here's the advice I gave him. When you go into a situation where you don't know anybody, they're, they're unfamiliar to you, think the best of them. Think the best of their intentions, their motives, and their character because that allows you to be generous with them. And after you are generous with them, two important levers of social influence then apply. They like you more right? after you've 
done something nice for them, been generous. And people want to do business with, people want to interact with, people want to promote the outcomes of the people they like. So you've established that one thing. The second thing is what we talked about a minute ago. They will want to be generous with you because of the principle of reciprocity that says we have to give back what we have received from others. And so now those are two, two benefits that have come from choosing to think the best of people, which allows you to be generous with them in the first place. Now, I'm not saying you do this in all instances where you may already know that you've you're dealing with somebody who you can't trust or who's a cheater or something like that. No, but in a situation where you don't have that information, start out with that positive expectation, which is, allows you, your generosity, and it will produce liking, and it will produce reciprocal generosity. What a great lesson. I saw a counterexample of this at a previous job. Company hired a new person. And he came in guns blazing and it was all about, you know, I'm going to fix everything that's wrong and we're going to, we're going to get this place right. And people didn't like him Man. <laughs> and people, and then he didn't like them because they didn't like him. And it just, you know, everything kind of grinds to a halt. One of the quotes that I liked that I heard decades ago that always stuck with me, it said, assumed, assume the best of people's intentions consistent with the facts hmm. don't don't yeah, be a, yeah. don't be pollyannish but right right and, and it's kind of a similar idea and it, it's certainly going to tap into the benefits be generous with people be kind yeah. and then wow you invoke these two powerful norms yeah. of persuasion i think i would revise that slightly in terms of the story i just said which was think the best of people until the facts contradict that expectation then you can resort to uh, a different approach yeah yeah great lesson is is this something that you're consciously thinking about when you enter new organizations or new projects like it is in in fact i've sort of taught myself a, a lesson which is when i go into a situation with new people um Let's say I'm uh, going to a room of people who I'm going to be interacting with in the future and so on. I should not ask myself, hmm, who can most help me here? Which is a very self-interested approach, of course, and there's nothing wrong with that. But a more help, uh, but a more a more effective question is, whom can I most help here? And after I do, I will have an advocate inside that room for all our future interactions. I I love it. This reminds me of something else I learned from a, I was at a lunch with a, a man who runs a networking organization. And the motto he used whenever he would meet somebody was learn, serve, grow. And so the idea was learn about people, serve them, and the relationship grows. And it's this you know, it's the same idea packaged slightly differently. Who can I help? And then you've got an ally. I'm going to learn about you. I'm going to serve you. And now I've, now I've got an ally. Yeah, you've got an ally. And those allies are so important in those networks where you don't have your existing 
relationships. You develop one uh, at the start, which grows. Well, Bob, this is just such a pleasure to talk to you. Like I said, I've been teaching your research to uh, close to thousands of students now. Uh, I just love learning from you every chance I get. Uh, I've learned new things today. I look forward to applying these lessons myself, but also I, I get to teach these additional features to my students, my children. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I enjoyed it, I have to say. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mickles and Dimes. What great lessons from the godfather of influence, Robert Cialdini. First, if you do someone a favor and you're trying to maximize your influence, don't dismiss their gratitude by saying no problem. Rather, acknowledge their good deed and say, it's what we do for one another here. Or, I know that if the situation were reversed, you do the same thing. Second, when you go into a situation with unfamiliar people, think the best of them, which allows you to be generous with them. And then, after you are generous with them, two levers of influence will apply. They'll like you more, they will want to be generous with you. In other words, don't ask, who can most help me? Rather ask, whom can I most help? By following Robert's principles of persuasion, we will increase our influence. It's a simple idea. Please take it seriously. Nate Mickle here with two final things. If you're like me and want to remember all of the lessons shared in previous episodes, visit the list of lessons page on my website, natemickle.com, to see all of the lessons that each previous guest has shared. And second, if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on Apple iTunes, I would really appreciate it. Thanks for your support.